Welcome to the Wild and Free podcast, episode 42. I'm Ainsley Arment, and this week we'll hear a conversation between some wild and free mamas who spent a few days together in a cozy B&B to talk about homeschooling, life, and motherhood. You'll also hear a heart-to-heart conversation with Jennifer Naraki on what's happening in her life and homeschooling through difficult times. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. Before we get into our first conversation, I want to remind you that this is the week of our Wild and Free Frisco group giveaway. This Thursday, November 15th, we'll be watching Instagram for a photo of your Wild and Free group and a short description of what it means to you. If you tag the photo Wild and Free Frisco, you'll be entered to win the ultimate road trip goodie package, which includes road trip snacks, a gift card to a popular roadside restaurant, a free year of Wild and Free content bundles for everyone in your photo, upgraded tickets to box seats at the Wild and Free conference, and a few other surprises. The giveaway happens this Thursday, November 15th, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. To find out more, visit bewildandfree.org slash Frisco. Not too long ago, some of us wild and free mamas spent a few days together in a bed and breakfast to talk about homeschooling, life, and motherhood. In our first conversation, we talked about what it means to be wild and free, and we are delighted to share the conversation with you here. Wild and free on occasion can stir up some controversy or even just a little bit of conversation about some of the things that we talk about. Interest-led learning, giving kids time to play, maybe not replicating the classroom and trying to do homeschool the traditional classroom model. And I don't know, I just wanted to talk about that with you guys and see like in what ways are you all wild and free? Because I think it looks different for every family and every mom. And I just think it would be fun to talk about, you know, some of the ways that you are wild and free, maybe not. Well, you know, I've been homeschooling a long time now, so it's it's this been is Tony a journey becoming wild and free. Mm-hmm. I didn't start out wild and free. <laughs> I kind of started out trying to do public school at home a little mm-hmm. bit because that's all I knew. But it didn't take too long at all before I started to really think about how I was doing things and why was I feeling forced to do things this way when it really felt more natural to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And then just also seeing how there was so much more joy and excitement about being together and learning together when we didn't put ourselves you know, in these rigid parameters about what school needs to look like. And then farther down the line, and today even, I'm just so about relationship and character and knowing my son, who's my last child at home right now, my others have graduated. I want mm-hmm. him to be learning and gaining knowledge, of course, but I much more value our relationship and who he's becoming as a person and what his interests and dreams are. And I want to fuel that. So 
some days wild and free homeschooling looks like no school. But in my, in my mind and in my heart, we are absolutely doing what I feel is important. Ken Robinson said that imagination is the source of every form of human achievement. This is Jennifer mm. so I, And it's interesting because I feel like wild and free is more how school should be. It's more of what develops character and imagination and creativity and the ability to follow through on a project. It's just when we schedule everything mm -hmm. and we give our children no time for free play, mm -hmm. we're almost um, inhibiting them from their achievement, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. When I started homeschooling, 10 years ago. It looked very much like a list for me. Homeschooling was like this list that I had to get through and check off the box. I was very similar to Tony. I tried to create this, you know, schoolroom type atmosphere in my house and we hated it. I did not like homeschooling for probably the first, you know, several years into our journey. This and is Lindsay Kramer. I didn't have a lot of confidence either in what I was doing um, because it was completely foreign to me. I'd never, I wasn't homeschooled. Um, and I didn't have a huge community of women that I was around that homeschooled. So I, was, I wasn't even confident in what I was doing. And so for me, Wild and Free, I latched onto this community so much when it came into my life because there's just this, you know, break the mold, get out of this box that all of these other, you know, curriculum and methods and all of these people try to put you in. And there's just so much freedom and intentionality and just really knowing your children well enough and having the freedom there to change whatever's not working for you. Mm -hmm. And we change things all the time. And I love that I feel the freedom to do that now because at first it was like just like this, get through this list and it just wasn't as fun. This is Greta Eskridge. Having been homeschooled myself and growing up in an environment where very few people knew what homeschooling was and there were a lot of questions and I, I often felt people were critical or they doubted how it would work and mm -hmm. how it would all turn out. So I think when I decided to homeschool my kids, I, I had something that I wanted to prove. And so when I started, I felt like, or even before I started, mm -hmm. my kids were mm -hmm. like toddlers yeah. and, and I <laughs> had plans to have these kids that would show everyone how amazing homeschooling was and, and they would be able to, you know, recite a lot of things and just prove that they were so smart and homeschooling was amazing and I was amazing <laughs> at homeschooling. You are amazing. And, um, and, and I really had to learn when my kids were actually old enough that we began schooling that that was not the right fit mm -hmm. for them and it wasn't the right fit for me. And so for me, being wild and free was all about letting go of these expectations of proving to everyone else mm -hmm. how wonderful homeschooling was and how great we were at it and instead to just actually really love it mm -hmm. and to love reading and that could be our whole day of homeschooling and it might not show in a test or a, a child answering questions. There might not be measurable data to prove what they learned, but they're creative. They're, mm -hmm. they're learning how to be thinkers. They're learning how to be problem solvers. And to me, that is so freeing that I didn't have to measure up to anybody else's ideas of success, but what I want for my kids mm -hmm. to be thinkers, mm -hmm. to be creative, to problem solve, to love learning. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it's just blossomed into in our family. And I love it. 
it's an amazing thing to be able to homeschool in freedom. Yeah. That's really cool. There's this yeah. level of audacity. This with is what Elsie Udicello. It's daring because we're breaking away and returning to what was instead of, you know, everyone else is thinking about advancements and looking forward and you know all these tests and all these things that we're doing and we're streamlining the future whatever and there's a lot of audacity and looking back and being like no we've lost something good somewhere mm -hmm. al along the way like my, my heart often breaks for the system we have in America now because it feels like we're constantly like putting patches on things instead mm -hmm. of just going back to what what's once was and and fixing at the root and I think that the the wildness of wild and free is that this this crazy thing people are doing of being able to step out and go back to the way things once were and to let their children be children and to raise them mm -hmm. gently and to encourage them to have the freedom to study the things that interest them. One of the hardest things I experienced as a teacher was capping interest on children. Mm -hmm. There were mm -hmm. kids that wanted to learn other things and I'm like, I'm sorry, we can't do that. We have to move on as a group. Mm -hmm. We can't talk mm -hmm. about that. And that to me was one of the <laughs> hardest parts about teaching in, in the system. And I think the freedom of just being able to say, yes, we don't have to stick to the plan. We can go down that rabbit trail. Mm -hmm. We can go discover this thing together. And then because they dug for it themselves, they own it and it means so much more. So. Which is one of the things I especially love about Wild and Free is that it's not telling people that you have to be in nature every day to homeschool right. or that you have right. to be Charlotte Mason or you have to be classical. You can do any of those things right. and be wild and free. Yeah. What it means is that you can do what's best for your own individual child right. mm -hmm. and feel like that is the mm -hmm. right path. Right, even like you can do what's best for your family but then inside your family you can say, oh this guy of mine, he's better at this style of right. learning and this one learns better this way. So even in your own family you don't have to stick to a certain methodology you just pick what's best for each kid I mean, scroll through the hashtags scroll through wild and free children and you get this amazing amazing mosaic of all of these different children and learning styles and parents and road schoolers and people that do forest school and people that do more traditional schooling mm -hmm. because it works for them yeah. and people that don't and that to me is beautiful because I see children learning the way that they naturally learn because their mothers are daring to know them and to let them be themselves. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that because I feel like you touched on a lot of the tenets of Wild and Free, but also even, Jen, when you mentioned just, you know, I was going to ask some what are some of the misconceptions maybe that people have about Wild and Free, and I think a lot of people will say, oh, well, Wild and Free is, that's more unschooling, or right. Wild and Free means that, oh, they do a lot of play, mm -hmm. but that's it. Like, they right. just let their kids play, and they don't do any kind of formal learning, mm -hmm. which is so far from the truth, really, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, the big thing about Wild and Free is we do talk about a lot of those tenants, and I think it is because it's encouraging moms. We don't have to tell them, oh, you should teach your kids math and language arts. They're already thinking that. They already right. know if their kids are home, they right. are thinking, I should be yeah, teaching math true. and language mm -hmm. arts. We're encouraging them to get out in nature. We're encouraging them to leave time for play and to say, you know, if you got done all of that work in two hours, you have the whole day. Right. And idle time is not lost time. Right. It exactly. is productive. Mm -hmm. It is so right. important for the, our kids. And we feel like we have to fill it up so that they don't become mm -hmm. lazy or entitled mm -hmm. or you know just sitting around bored but you know we all know that boredom is a wonderful thing because it leads to just creative endeavors right. and wild things happen when they do <laughs> wild things happen when they're That's free right. bored yeah there you go That's so true. i think too as well can we can talk about helping our children be wild and free and the focus can be on that quite a bit of the time mm -hmm. but really essentially it's a work in our own heart as mm -hmm. moms becoming mm -hmm. wild and free That's true. 
And then yeah. when that starts happening, we can just let that flow so much more naturally to mm -hmm. our children. Yeah. Right. And a big part of that is letting go of perfectionism, like both of you touched on. And I love that because you know, if we're feeling like we have to do things a certain way to be accepted, right. then that's what puts this pressure onto our, ki onto our kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if we can just, in our own hearts, feel like, you know, it's okay for me to be a little bit childlike myself and no, try new things and, and lead yeah. by example, lead right. in being an inquisitive person yes. and someone who has yeah. curiosity. And being yeah. interested and engaged and excited about things yourself because that transfers right. to yeah. your kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the joy that we have when we're chasing wonder right. and we're mm -hmm. just being wild and free is what really is going to take our kids to being that themselves. And, and set free from those pressures and constraints that the outside world wants to put on right. us when we can break off of that mm -hmm. yeah you know it's, it's a so self-love thing too mm -hmm. I mean if you think about everything we're doing we're doing it because we love our children mm -hmm. and if we join them in that that's also because we're showing ourselves self-love and we're saying mm -hmm. I should be able to be creative and I should be able to run around and be able mm -hmm. to do these things and to learn because I have self-worth yes. and I'm not done learning and I'm not done growing and my wild days are not done and yes. I won't be done until I'm six feet under. Yes. Uh -huh. Wild and free mamas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers to that. that. Cheers to that. <laughs> this month's Content Bundle Fables is one of my favorites. I love nothing better than gathering my children around the kitchen table or living room for hot tea, snacks, and an afternoon story. Great stories communicate the power of literature. They reinforce concepts our children are learning in other subjects, and they teach them valuable truths without them even realizing it. In our new content bundle, Fables, you'll be encouraged and equipped to incorporate storytelling throughout your day. This bundle is packed with tutorials, articles, videos, podcasts, and stories to support your work as a homeschooling mother. If you subscribe right now, you'll not only get a free magazine in the mail, but you'll also get to access all of the audio and video from our recent Wild and Free conference in Franklin, Tennessee. We've captured all the talks so you can experience them as if you were actually there. To learn more, go to bewildandfree.org bundles. Last year, our dear friend and fellow homeschooling mama, Jennifer Naraki, was diagnosed with cancer. She's undergone months and months of chemotherapy while still holding her family together and being such a light to the rest of us in this community. Jennifer Pepito had the chance to sit down with Jen at our recent Wild and Free conference in Franklin, and we're so excited to share it with you here. excited to talk to you too because I think so often as young moms especially I, I read my diary from when I was a first-time mom and you know just everything seemed so hard mm -hmm. but you're going through a season where you're probably really treasuring motherhood I, I'm treasuring everything um, in such a new way and I love that idea of keeping a journal Jen I never did that and I wish I had now that's that's a fantastic um, keepsake, you know, not only for you, but for someday for your, you know, your children and how you viewed motherhood or, I don't know, I think that's beautiful. Um, I have been keeping a little bit of a journal about the cancer journey, and it's neat to reflect upon that and, and what has changed, especially our family dynamics and how we go about our just daily 
you know, to-dos and how we interact with our children and spending more time together as a family and just valuing every moment. So, you know, I'm human and still we we still get frustrated and, you know, I still get angry with my kids for disobeying, but we see it in just such a different light now. And so it helps to process it maybe a little, a little easier and a little bit with more grace and um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that sometimes we can get very distracted about what really matters. When we see a friend whose child is like reading and writing essays at age six and mm. our child's not even reading yet, or when we have another friend whose child's like the soccer star and our kid can't kick the ball in the goal, we can get very almost ashamed and feel like, oh, we're failing as parents. What are we doing? But in the situation that you've been in, I'm sure you're, you've dialed down what's really important. We have, and you know, we still, again, I'm, we're, I'm human, and so I still have those thoughts that try to attack of, you know, we didn't do much last year. I was in a very aggressive chemo, and I couldn't do a lot of homeschooling, so my, my boys did a lot of reading, but I do have a younger child who isn't quite reading yet, and so I, that fear of, creeps in of, uh, what if, you know, they're, they're behind, they are behind, and so, um, yeah, that fear creeps in, but I have to just keep telling myself, no, that is not behind what, you know, um, this is, it's not a race. There's no, there's no behind. Um, they just are who they are and that is okay. And they will be okay. This is a season. And so we just try and keep focus on every day, cherishing every moment with one another in family in relationship and community in faith. And yeah. so that is, that's our priority. I love that. One of the things that's been really fun about your Instagram account is all the health hints that you've put out there because I know I've got seven kids. I'm trying to feed them food. Sometimes the choices get overwhelming and it feels also like the philosophies change. I know when when I was a young mom, it was all about, okay, whole grains, whole grains, whole grains. And then I read the Weston Price stuff and it's like, no, 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 no whole grains unless you soak them for... 48 hours or whatever. So how, tell me a little bit about how the way you feed your children has changed because boys are hungry. Oh, they are. And it has changed so drastically. And sometimes they're very happy about it. And other times they're, they're not. But, uh, you know, I think that we don't do the greatest job about teaching our children about nutrition and about nourishing our bodies and about what that looks like when we consume foods and drinks and what that does internally to our body and to our system. And so that's just been something we've been trying to do is trying to teach our boys, when you consume this, this is what it does to your body. And uh, so, yeah, we've made a lot of changes. We don't follow one particular diet. There's so many diet fads out there. It can be very overwhelming. And I firmly believe that every body is different. And so every body has different needs. My body has different needs than my boys. We keep that in mind, but we just eat fresh food. Um, You know, we try and stay away from processed food and we try and eat things that from farmers that we know and trust that are local and organic. And it's been a gift to learn about food in such a way. And the dramatic effect it has on our health and how healing food can be for our bodies. And the boys have seen my body respond 
and they can just see it visually how how it has changed my body and so it's been really interesting my husband has always been an advocate for healthy eating and i've always been an advocate for fun eating so i'm i you know donuts and croissants and bagels and fast food and convenience and quick and lucky charms on St. Patrick's Day or you know silly things. Yeah, I totally get it because to me food is all about celebration and yeah. so it's hard to imagine, you know, Christmas without cinnamon rolls or yes. you know, if they win if they do something well, not getting ice cream or yes. you know just combining food with every celebration. Absolutely. And we still want food to be enjoyable. And so we don't, you know, we don't want it to feel restricted or that they're missing out. And so we still, yeah, we allow ice cream and, you know, we just make sure it's a good kind of ice cream that it's made with fresh ingredients. And, you know, they go to their grandparents and they get, they don't have the same rules as their grandparents. So that feels like, you know, a feast. But then actually they come home and they're like, I don't feel very well. And so they're noticing the difference that, you know, choices make. And yeah. So Michael Pollan had a, I think the book might have been by that by the, the title, but it it was a saying, eat food, mostly plants, not too much. Yes. Yes. That's that's our philosophy. Kind of dials it down. <laughs> yeah. So tell me also a little bit about self care because I think You know, as I've known a lot of homeschool moms in their 40s and 50s who are dealing with adrenal fatigue or different kinds of fatigue. And I think it's probably from a lifetime of not really caring well for themselves. And yet sometimes it feels like, how can I care for myself? I've got all these kids to take care of. It's so true. So tell me a little bit about how just things you would have done differently if you'd known yeah. What you know now. Well, I think that a lot of times we think self-care is about taking time for ourselves in in regards to, you know, going out and having fun or having time alone or getting a manicure and a pedicure or something like that, which that is um, nourishing to our spirits. But I think that I've learned throughout this journey that self-care looks a little bit more like really, really pausing and considering your heart and um, going into those deep, dark places of what is inside of you and what you are not facing and things like bitterness and forgiveness and really, um, really seeking peace. That's the self-care that um, has been walking me through my journey. And, you know, definitely other things like taking time to be on the ocean and paddling and working out hard, but also taking time to float quietly and meditate upon just being still a lot of times um, we're so busy as moms, right? And just going, going, going that we take, we forget to take time to be still, to quiet our thoughts, to quiet our heart, and to just really dive deep in to see where we're at. Yeah, I love that. And I think that, you know, often our exhaustion as moms can be, you know, there's a physical exhaustion, but sometimes when we're hanging on to resentment and frustration towards the people that are close to us, there's a there's a dryness and exhaustion that comes from that. I've I've heard the saying which I love, bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for your enemy to die. Mm. And it's often we're not really aware. You know, we're just like, oh, I can't believe my husband didn't take the trash out again, or I can't believe my child mm-hmm. stepped on my toes again, or I can't believe you know I have to get up in the middle of the night again. And all these little I can't believes right. start to add up to just a pile of bitterness that we're carrying around. It's true, Jen. I, d- I don't think that we 
really think about all those little things that happen throughout the day that upset us easily. And I think that that can happen, you know, when our bodies are not well nourished with food and when we're lacking sleep, which obviously happens all the time in motherhood. You know, we care for our children first and we care for ourselves last. We care for the home. We care for our husbands. We care for homeschooling. And so taking that time to nourish our bodies well with food and to take time to sleep and it makes those emotions more intense. And so that's why I was just mentioning taking that time to be still, taking time to be quiet is so healing. So, Well, thanks so much for joining today, Jen. I really love the chance to talk to you and hear your heart about this journey. And I know that the Wild and Free community is going to love hearing from you as well. Thanks, Jen. Such a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much, Jen. We're continuing to hold you in our thoughts and prayers. As for you, dear friend, if you're going through something hard or maybe you feel like you're doing a disservice to your children by homeschooling them, take courage. The days can be long, hard, and full of bumps and bruises along the way. But do not grow weary in doing good. Be reminded of why you're doing this in the first place. The good and the hard, all mingled together, are creating one beautiful life. What you're doing matters. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But join us again next week for the Wild and Free Podcast.